So it was about a week ago, I think, that we were talking on air about fulfilling childhood dreams. And if you were listening that day, you might recall during the course of the show, we took a voice note from somebody saying, I'm a Cape Townian who's fulfilled a lifelong dream. I have been sailing around the world for over a decade and I've managed to make my concern for animals part of that adventure. And I said at the time, that sounds like a story we need to hear the, the back of. And I'm delighted to be able to say that with me in studio today are Brent and Anna, who have been sailing around the world for more than 10 years now on their catamaran named Impy. They first left Cape Town back in November 2011. They've been back for a couple of months now and we're supposed to be setting off in a day or two. The weather gods have had a thing or two to say about that in the last couple of hours, I'm afraid. But we'll hear that story in a moment. Brent, Anna, welcome. It's so great to have you with us in studio. And I hope... The room is standing still and not sort of lurching up and down now that you're back on dry land. Welcome back. Absolutely fantastic. And thank you for the invite. Yeah, it's thanks very pleasure. much, Pepe. And uh, thank you, listeners, for giving us some of your time here. It's so great to hear the story because, I mean, this is the, the stuff that people's bucketless dreams are made of, that I'm going to take a boat and sail it around the world. But of course, it's easier said than done. The small matter of the cost of boats being one thing, the ability to keep on the ocean away from traditional work environments for that extended length of time, etc., is not an opportunity many people get. Brent, I mean, where does the story begin? How, how was the seed planted? Was this something you dreamed of doing as a small boy or was it a, a later in life big dream? Yes, you know, I grew up uh, with family very much involved in yachting. Okay. Uh, my uncle in particular, Norman Grimbeck, very well known back in the day at the Royal Cape Yacht Club for disturbing uh, the pub and uh, everybody <laughs> there and took part in the uh, very first Cape to Rio yacht race in 1971, was on board a boat called Storm Carp and had many, many stories to tell. Yeah. He and my father built many boats together um, in the yard down here in Wetton. A fellow called Arthur Holgate, who was a partner of theirs in business, a very well-known boat uh, called Antares, which he built. Mm-hmm. And I got to sail on these boats, monohulls, up and down the coast. And um, it was just a passion that sat within me and something I've wanted to do my whole life. Okay, so it's in your blood, it's literally in your genetics, and you've grown up around boats. Anna, what about you? Was it the same for you? Well, I come from a farmer's family in Belgium, and... I used to look at Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales about a little mermaid who was like swimming and who met a prince and went through a lot of pain to be with that prince. And I feel a little bit like that. I met Brent here in South Africa. And one of the first questions I asked him was, what do you want to do with your life? And he went, I want to sail around the world. And I said, well, I have a boat. Oh, wow. Well, I must tell you that uh, women tend to regard me as their prince. It's a big problem. Oh, shame. It must be such a hard thing to live with, friends. (laughs) But, I mean, talk about synchronicity. You've got the dream. You meet the princess, and she says, not only do I share the dream, but I've got the boat. How long ago was that? Was that already, I mean, I know you set off in November 2011, but from that moment of meeting Anna to actually saying we're off, throwing off the the ropes and and setting sail. How long did it take? Well, it was very, very short, actually. Only two years. We actually sold my boat and then bought a boat together, uh, a Lagoon 440, which is now currently at the Cape Yacht Club. And um, our son sailed it here from France uh, with the help of a South African skipper. And then we kitted Impy out here. Uh, It took a little while. And then we left in November 2011 for uh, crossing the Atlantic to Brazil in 21 days. 
My goodness. And at that point, was the dream already a full circumnavigation? Or Brent, were you just going to see us, see how far you got and, and where the wind took you? Yeah, I think for me, I've always wanted to circumnavigate mm-hmm. the world. I think for Anna, not as important. Um, she was more into just the experience of enjoying um, different destinations. Um, I wanted to complete the circumnavigation uh, since a young lad. Okay. And um, so we had this chat and we decided to do it really slowly. We, okay. we know a lot of people would join, for example, a rally like the ARC rally, and they would go around the world in two years. Um, we just feel you don't really open yourself to experiencing cultures and people with different ideas and thoughts and, and how they live on islands, for example. And so we were kind of the boat that sailed back to destinations and uh, people got to know us, took us into their homes and um, just uh, amazing, Pippa. I just want to keep talking and I'm not going to uh, dominate the show, but um, our eyes have been opened, truly opened by uh, people from different walks of life. And uh, we've come back um, uh, to South Africa with a totally different feel uh, for being a part of a, of, a, of a great world out there. I mean, what what a gift to to have that sense of your place in the world, having explored parts of the world which many people couldn't even locate on a map. I know New Caledonia is a place you've been back to over and over again, and you've got involved in animal outreach work there. If you said to the average person on the street, can you please show us on a map where that is, they probably wouldn't be able to do it. N- not even Australians, and it's their neighbouring country. It's between many, Australia many and Fiji, Aus- for those yeah. who are wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it's between all of us. You know better than most. So, yeah, a lot of people say to us, well, where is New Caledonia? Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic um, island. It's actually a lagoon island. So you get atolls and you get lagoon islands. Atolls would be like the Tuamoto archipelago, probably one of our favorite cruising grounds. And these are big mountains that grew reefs around them in the old days. And then they subsided within themselves due to being volcanic, left a ring and probably you sail into this ring from four miles depth into 12 meters depth. And there'd be a ring around you. It's like being in a swimming pool, three to 400 islands in there. Uh, nobody on some of these atolls, and we'd be there alone for for months. Wow. Yeah, and uh, so New Caledonia is similar. The island is still sinking. Um, It's known for mining, Um, but there's a lot of politics in New Caledonia, and so we can't go into that now, but um, it's French, and then you've got sort of the local, the indigenous communities living on the islands, Yeah. and they don't have vets to look after animals. And so sometimes dogs are put down in quite inhumane ways. And I think this in particular touched Anna uh, when we came across an abandoned island dog. And we reached out to the YouTube community um, who then donated money for, for the cause. Mm-hmm. That was moose, wasn't it? Anna? That was moose. Yes, yeah. moose. Moose actually, um, in in French, moose it means a little cabin boy, and he was part of a litter of fourteen little pups um, that were born in a hotel. And then the guard who looked after the hotel, um, the hotel was abandoned. The guard had to leave for the main city, mm. and he took all of the pups with him. But moose was crying all the time in Numia. They had trouble with the neighbors because he made a lot of noise. So the guard brought him back and abandoned him on the island where nobody lived anymore. And so what this dog did, as soon as you would dock there, he would come to the dock, he would look at you and he would invite you to discover the island. He would take you around the island like a guide and in return people were feeding him but he would also feed himself. He would jump in the water and catch fish and 
throw around coconuts looking for rats and I don't know what all. So he would also feed himself. And so we got to know him really, really well. And when we left New Caledonia the first time for New Zealand, the New Zealanders were so angry with us because we did a movie about him. And they said, how can you leave such a wonderful dog all alone on an island? And we said, well, we we don't have like the correct injections and vaccinations and all of that. We couldn't take him with us. And on top of that, he loves his island. So we can't take him. We sailed back. We sailed back. And he was ill. Oh, goodness. When we got back. So that was the second entry into New Caledonia. We've been there, I think, seven times, seven times there, seven times to uh, Australia and twice to New, uh, New Zealand. And when we sailed back, he was really sick. And so we reached out to the YouTube community who were angry with us about abandoning the dog in the first place and said, well, how about we treat the dog? And so the money just flowed in and um, we eventually got a vet in a plane. And yeah, and he uh, came flying in, landed um, and treated the dog. And we put up little movies about him and the world fell in love with him, Mm. basically. And, And, yeah, he became an icon for animal welfare in New Caledonia because from there we then went to Ile de Pain, the Isle of Pines, where dogs were still being shot on a particular day of the year. And we we neutered a lot of dogs there and spayed them just like on a pallet under a palm tree (laughs) with our flying vet. And from there, Australia joined in financing the whole uh, affair and also in the latter years the province and France themselves much funded everything that we collected that's incredible yeah so mm. we're looking now at having done all of the loyalty islands and the Isle of Pines which is where all the indigenous people live we actually got messages from um, from France itself from Paris mm. um, from politicians who had heard about it and wrote to us to say you guys are looking after animals, but you're not just looking after animals. You're actually uniting people because the islanders didn't want French people to come and do them favors on the on the outer okay. islands. And through our program, we were bringing in vets and people were uniting and it was fantastic. I mean, um, I have to really take my hat off to Anna on this one um, because she has a master's degree in change management which is quite interesting. Mm. When politics changes, when this changes, when the, how do you cope with it? How do you bring out the positive in it? Yeah. And I think throughout our whole plan to go sailing and make this a reality, it's, it's that, because she always said to me, you know, Brent, at the end of the day, um, people who always do what they always do will always get what they always get. And if you want something different, um, you it need to change. And this is the difference between being a dreamer and making your dream a reality. And I think we've applied this a lot to um, these sort of programs. Um, You know, to get out of your comfort zone, to realize I might be a little South African in a big world, but we can actually have an impact if we have a good cause and, you know, we want to reach out to people and be meaningful to them in their lives Mm. and, and in the lives of animals and that sort of thing. For those who've come in late to the interview, we're talking to Brent and Anna who are back in Cape Town having spent the last 10 plus years at sea uh, circumnavigating the world on board their uh, craft, the MP. They're due to leave again soon. But now talking of change, what's it been like to come back to South Africa after all this time away? What have been the biggest changes that you've observed? I think, Papa, I'll speak as uh, somebody born in South Africa. Um, 
You know, we've seen all the changes in our country. We've seen the country developing and going through pain and going through healing and going through pain again. Mm. And I think, um, you know, I'd have a different opinion uh, depending on which province you're talking about. Because um, the reality is uh, you come back to South Africa, the people are just super friendly. Um, We see people on the ground not being angry with each other from all walks of life, you know. Um, People are wanting to get on. uh, People are friendly. I don't think we'd notice that there's a divide in people when we arrive as as normal yachtsmen. Mm-hmm. But then you start listening to radio and you look at the news and you and, and you can see there's a lot of division still going mm-hmm. on. Um, you get to places, and I'm really sad to say it, like Durban. Um, and unfortunately, um, they tell us there that uh, in the sewerage works, for example, they can't cope. And mm-hmm. so international yachts are literally sitting um, in a field full of feces in the water. And, and it's really sad to see. Uh, we were dodging ships. Uh, ships can't get offloaded in the harbors. Um, and I'm, I'm really sad to have to say it, but it, it struck home that things aren't working in mm. some of the provinces here. And, you know, and then you move down and, and, and we, we come back to Cape Town. And I'm from Cape Town, so I'm probably a bit biased here. Mm. Um, I was born in Beaufort West, but I grew up in, in, in these regions. And, you know, it's, it's great to see uh, the tourism, uh, the roads, um, climb mountains. And we just realize we've got a beautiful country. And, and really, uh, we see ourselves as international people. We don't see ourselves affiliated with any one country anymore. We, we really regard ourselves as, as international. Now, on that and, point, you yeah. have, though, a South African and a European passport. Yes. How do you navigate the, ch- the challenge of visas and currency exchange when you are literally living on board a yacht in between countries? You don't have the luxury of visa appointments and standing in queues, um, you know, and, and technology that enables us to do a lot of this stuff from a desktop. It, it's got to be a, a difficult thing to cope with, Anna. Yes, well, we are very fortunate that we've got Starlink on board. Okay. So I know that it's not permitted here in South Africa, but throughout the world it is. And so a lot of countries, Australia, New Zealand, New Caledonia, you either get a visa on arrival or you can apply online, even for year-long visas. And this would be something really for South Africa to look at because it would help so much the Department of Home Affairs that has got a backlog. Mm. It would really help if they invested in technology where people can apply online rather than standing queues, as you are mentioning. And also, maybe realign the laws that allow a ship to come in for six months, but the crew only for three months. Mm. These are some of the things that would be really easy to fix it would only take a click of fingers and say, okay, crew now can come in for six months. Because I'm actually in a situation now where really I should be able to stay until the 11th of April with my extension, but I can't because port authorities here in Cape Town are still looking at a concession which has already been overridden by both Patricia DeLille and the Home Affairs Minister, but they are still not believing me despite the fact that I'm holding it in front of them, written in Parliament. And that becomes a big issue when what happened to you earlier this week happened to you. Brent, your your sail was torn by the wind and your departure has been delayed by that. Well, that happened this morning. Actually. This morning. Actually. Yes, so okay. everybody was working around the clock. Guys were on the boat at three o'clock this morning. We were having all sorts of improvements done to the boat. Yeah. And we were just getting ready uh, to launch the boat. The wind was too strong to actually put the boat into the water. 
Uh, the riggers arrived and they were putting what we call a top-down furler onto onto the rigging. Yeah. And unfortunately, the wind caught the sail as the guys undid it. And um, yeah, we, we almost capsized the boat oh on the goodness. hard stand. It was horrific to watch it from the yacht club. Um, the rigger himself is a fantastic guy. Um, you know, he's putting it all right. But these things take time, unfortunately, so there's a delay. Mm. And this is the thing with sailing. There's often delays. You get weather issues, uh, you get uh, equipment issues yep. and, and, and things like this. And so I think, you know, um, country. what we really appreciate in a lot of different countries is the fact that particularly sailing countries like New Zealand and Australia and these guys, they understand the difficulties. And so you can approach them quite easily and say, hey, I have a genuine problem here. Yeah. Could you give me a week or two? And the guy might come and take photographs, come and verify uh, that that is the case. And then they would give you the extension. We're not sure what's going to happen in Cape Town. From this show, we're actually <laughs> going to go down to the port. Okay. I think Anna's used your show a little bit <laughs> <laughs> to mention it. Sorry about that, Pippa. <laughs> Listen, I hope it works out because, I, I mean, I, the, the wind this morning yeah. w- was a thing of, of – yeah immense strength we can understand completely how things could go awry and i really hope that you're able to work it out from the sort of correct paperwork perspective the time has flown away from us and i haven't asked you half the things i wanted to but i guess before we hand over to news the final thing i wanted to ask is whether there is an end in sight to this i mean you you, you're setting off again a few people are asking will you do you intend to ever stop if you do stop will you come back here is this your life now this is my life um, as long as health will allow it, um, this will be our lives. Um, Anna and I have both discussed this. Um, time is a very, very crucial thing. We, we all realize it way too late in our lives. Mm. We can actually see it ticking past, like time is ticking past. Now, I have so many stories I could tell yeah. you that would be fascinating. But, uh, yeah, Papa, no, I think this is going to be what we do for the rest of our lives. And if you want to read those stories and look at the amazing video work and read their blogs and find out more about the story of Moose for those who are are asking, your website, Anna, uh, what's the best place for people to go if they want to follow your journey and read up more of those amazing stories? So we have a daily post on our Facebook page, which is MP at Catamaran MP. We have a profile on Facebook as well, which is Cat hyphen MP. We are on Instagram as Cat underscore MP and then our web address is www.catamaranmp.com Yeah and Pippa just to say this we're not your regular YouTubers social media people we we love to share because we see the value that people get out of us sharing Mm. with them just inspiring yeah we've kind of become mums and pops on the water for a lot of people (laughs) starting out on this journey and uh, so it's really lovely to see so many people reaching their dream here well, I want to thank you both for coming in to share this dream. And um, Anna, I'll simply say that I hope Prince Charming is still Prince Charming on board in the middle of a storm when the food supplies are Always. Running. I'm always Prince Charming. And vice versa. <laughs> but it's been an absolute delight to meet you. And look, I hope Lovely. it is smooth sailing, as you said, off again yeah. from Cape Town. And please give us a ring when you're going to be next in town or on the other side of the globe for that point, matter, And we can have a chat to you about whatever exciting adventure this you're This is really next. cool, actually, with Starlink. We could actually we do could that. Actually with do it. We could touch in with you next animal welfare program or something. We could Let's make a day to do exactly that. Thank Fantastic. You. Okay, Thank so you, a story to be continued. Anton Brenner, happy smooth sailing with the wind at your back from here onwards.